Welcome to the Mummy and Mind podcast. We're all about promoting mental well-being for mothers and discussing different ways to build better relationships in the family. Please connect with us on our socials at Mummy and Mind. Tune in and we really hope you enjoy. Hey, it's your host Cammy, and welcome to episode six of the Mummy and Mind podcast. If it is your first time listening, I really hope you enjoy and don't forget to follow us on our socials at Mummy and Mind. Today's show is brought to you by Joyous Crown. Joyous Crown is a baby and adult turban company that have combined the beauty of wearing a turban with an element of hair care. All Joyous Crown turbans are lined with satin jersey, which has huge benefits for all hair types. They promote soft, lightweight headwear that has lots of stretch and comfort, perfect for those crowns. All their turbans are handmade with love, whether for yourself or your little bundle of joy. They have got all of you covered. Follow them on their socials, on Instagram, which is joyous.crown. And don't forget to place your first order. Moving on to today's show, I'm really excited to announce our special guest. She is a mother of three and currently studying to be a maths teacher. She is also a YouTuber and mummy blogger. Our special guest on today's show is Joanna Oyewemi. Hey Joanna, thank you so much for being a special guest on today's episode. We're so excited to speak to you and get some insight in your motherhood journey. Oh, thanks for having me, Bim. I really appreciate it. I'm excited to talk. (laughs) (laughs) You want to share and offload. It's so needed. So if anyone listening out there, I know that if they're following you on social media, you've got um, three children, right? Yes. Um, all different age groups how old are your three kids my eldest is 11 um my middle child she's seven going on 17 and (laughs) my youngest is two and a half that's actually quite a nice gap isn't it I would say um you know what at first I was like I oh I need an age gap I need to get my stuff together but now looking back I wish I had my kids all one time really I just wish I did it once and finish (laughs) Yeah, and no, I, I completely understand. I I just have one, and I'm like, no, I couldn't have two right now. <laughs> just get it out of the way. I advise anyone to just get out of the way. Obviously, <laughs> my kids weren't planned. It just happens. But if I could, I would have one after the other. Because now, like, my eldest is going to secondary school, and my, the baby's in nursery, and I'm still paying nursery fees. Do you know what I mean? Obviously, not now, but I pay quite a lot of nursery fees. So there's no balance. Yeah, no, I understand. And you're studying, aren't you? Yeah. What it is that you're studying which I'm might... doing my PGC yeah. math so I'm trained to become a maths teacher in secondary school oh wow that's really really good I think we need a lot more teachers like you in secondary schools do- doing subjects like maths um, and inspiring other young black girls to want to enjoy learning that subject and think it's possible that you can be someone that's cool and still enjoy exactly. maths exactly there's nothing wrong with maths at all at the end of the day I feel like maths you use in everyday life um, you're mm. always going to need maths. Obviously, things like money is maths. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Measuring stuff is maths. So you're always going to need it. So it never leaves our life. Obviously, things like Pythagoras theorem, we don't use it outside of school. But <laughs> <laughs> other things is always needed. So it's so vital. Definitely. So you said that your first, your um, eldest son is going to secondary school. So you had him quite young. Was yeah. it 17? 17, yeah. Um, so I think when I got pregnant with him, I actually found that I was pregnant probably about four months mm. um, I didn't know a lot of everyone was like oh you're pregnant you're pregnant and I refused to take a pregnancy test <laughs> literally refused because I think I was in denial 
And so when I finally did the pregnancy test, obviously I was pregnant. Um, I was really scared to tell my family. It was actually um, a friend at the time that told my sister, because I did not want to tell anybody. Um, mm. So obviously coming from like a Nigerian strict Nigerian background, my parents were not impressed, especially my dad. He <laughs> was like, what the hell is this? As they do, they try and tell you to, you know, not go through with it and all that stuff. But I was so adamant that that isn't happening. Like I'm, this is my child. Um, mm. I didn't have any plan of what I'm going to do. I just knew that I was going to keep the child. Um, my mum has been amazing over the last 11 years. Um, like, I don't think I'd, like my first degree, my mum literally helped um, with him. I've been able to travel. I've been able to have a life, basically, because a lot of people can't have a life when they have um, a young, not that they can't have a life, but, you know, it's not as easy as I, I've had it. My motherhood yeah. journey at, from a teen has been amazing. It's not been easy, but the support network that I've had has been phenomenal. And what was that like, um, you being a mum at that age and seeing all of your friends probably mm. going out? <laughs> did you try and tap into that lifestyle as well as still being a mum? I did. I can't lie. I won't lie. I wanted to be everywhere. Like, literally, I'm like, because my mum was so open to having my son, a lot of people would say to me, are you sure you got a child? And <laughs> literally, I'm not even going to lie. And I was like, yeah, he's with my mum. He's with my mum. I want to be in the party. It's only when I got to about 20, just for probably about a year and a half before I had my daughter, actually, that I said, you know what? This isn't right. It's not that it was bad. I was always with my child. Not that I wasn't with him, but I wanted to be with him and at the party at the same time. Yeah. I felt like I was missing out, even though I wasn't. I wasn't missing out at all. There wasn't nothing going on there that I needed to see, really. But I know you're still a teen. You feel like all your friends haven't got kids and they're enjoying. Thank God we didn't really have Snapchat and that then. And do you know what I mean? To really watch what people are doing. But I feel like, you know, it was it was testing my mental health base, basically. Mm. so on touching on that mental health what were some of the struggles that you faced was did you have anxiety what was it what was the main thing that you struggled with I think I had a lot of anxiety actually and I didn't actually realize I had anxiety until the last probably like two years because back then no anxiety for me didn't even mm -hmm. exist in no. terms of early 2000 and that, mm -hmm. you know, that, that era it just wasn't a word no not and at all I, I, I think I can understand when you say you didn't know you had it you didn't know mm -hmm. what it was <laughs> I didn't know because I had I'm not even gonna lie I had quite a lot of resentment when I had my son yeah, like I love my son to bits but I was oh my god I could have gone here could have gone there and I think my mum actually realized to be honest because when I my friends were traveling she would allow me to go mm. like she would rather go you know have your have your life you know I'll look after him and she's just been amazing like even now my parents in Nigeria have been there for six months and I'm like mom I miss you because I'm so used <laughs> to having that help um it's not been easy but what can we do and so you your um husband yeah. can you tell us about because i know you've got you've got a youtube channel yeah and make sure that you subscribe to the youtube channel which you obviously share the handle um at the end of the show yeah but you touched on um suffering with anxiety or issues within being being a mother and your husband touched on the fact that he's aware of it mm -hmm. and he's been really supportive and I think maybe in our community sometimes black men struggle with mm -hmm. um noticing that this is something that's going on with their partner or their exactly. wife mm -hmm. so what what is it something that you had to teach him to understand um I had to teach him I did in the early days because I think with me because I'm quite an abrupt character I've got I'm an extrovert and introvert that's my character and I think he just thought I was being rude <laughs> <laughs> no way he literally just thought that I had temper problems and I've got my attitude and we would literally argue about the most silliest things 
Mm. And then one day I said to myself, I was actually talking to one of my friends and she was like, you just need to be open with him. And I was like, how do you even tell someone that you've got anxiety? Because are you sure I even have anxiety? Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I thought, you know, I started finding like little, you know, YouTube clips and Instagram things that people would post and I would send it to him. And at first he wouldn't watch it until one day I was like, you know what? I have anxiety. You need to learn about it. You've got to be that straight and blunt. You have to. Mm-hmm. You have to. And then he, at first, it took a while. At first it was, oh, what's this? Especially being a proper Niger man. He was like, whatever, what's this nonsense sort of thing? But then yeah. I think as he started to open up to it a bit, he really did his own research and stuff. And he he's learned how to handle me. Sometimes I'm not being rude. Like yesterday, for instance, I was so tired. And um, especially with the sun, everything, I just wanted to sleep. And I think I was being quite irritable. Yeah. I, normally, like in in the past, he would have been like, "What's your problem?" Da, da, da. It would cause an argument, basically. But he's literally just left me. I laid in the bed for like five hours. He didn't say anything to me. He just gave me my space, and he made sure the kids gave me my space as well. Oh, that's amazing. And has that, in terms of your um your marriage as well, mm-hmm. what has the impact had on your marriage with having kids, especially from really early on of your relationship? You didn't really get that time to mm-hmm. not be parents. So do you ever think about what it could have been like if you had that time or if, is, is this all you know, having kids? And I think it's all married? I know, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I think it's all I know. I don't think I remember my life before kids, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. I think, like I said, because I've had, because I have an amazing um, network, I've not had to struggle too much with us having yeah. just me and him. Like okay. we we're always traveling, me and him, and like our families will have the kids. We're able to, you know, continue our date nights. Even not even just my parents, like their godparents are amazing. So we've been able to still have our mum, not you know, Joanna and Habedine time, opposed to mum and dad time. It yeah. does get hard, don't get me wrong. Um, but it was we still were very, what's the word? We're very driven to maintain it. And you touched on date nights. So for anyone listening that is married and they they continuously consume themselves around the kids, what would you recommend or advise them to do to try and keep their relationship just between them and their and their partner fresh? I think date nights are so important. Um, there came a time in our relationship where we weren't doing date nights as regular. And I had to say to my husband, like, if we want this relationship to thrive, we need to keep it going. Because if not, what will happen is we will end up raising kids. They will leave home and we won't know who we, who we are within each other. Mm. Like, we'll be completely different people. And that's what happens to a lot of people. Their kids flee the nest and they don't know their spouse. Mm. so I think date nights to keep it fresh and I know some people don't have the childcare, and sometimes finance can be an issue as well but it doesn't always have to be expensive even if it's yeah. you know you just get uh, popcorn you put your Netflix put the kids to bed and you just sit down you watch a movie you laugh do you know what I mean it doesn't have to be something like you have to go to a hackazan or anything do you know what I mean I think <laughs> social media makes people feel like if you're not going hackazan then you're not worth anything and I, that's not the case do you know what I mean? That's just pretense because there's going to come a time in every relationship, even those that have a lot of money, that finance will be an issue. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you. Do you know what I mean? So that it's just regular date nights. It doesn't have to be scheduled. Some people schedule it because their lives are really busy, but just natural things, just being able to have a conversation. How was your day? You know, how are you in general? Because, and I find that with a lot of us, especially me as a woman as well, we don't ask our spouses how our day Mm. it's mostly us how are you how are you oh I need this you didn't do this for me blah 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 whereas the man also needs to feel good so sometimes as a woman we need to make sure we you know initiate the date nights and we surprise our husbands it's not always our husbands you know or partners surprising us yeah that's a very good point um so you were a mother of one for quite a bit of time and then 
you've added two more children to the mix. What has been the biggest change that you've noticed as your and the dynamics of yourself as a mum having m- multiple children rather than just having one? I think with the last one, um, I'm not as protective <laughs> as I was before. Do you know what? Like for instance, with my firstborn, don't touch this, don't touch this. Like I wouldn't even take him to play with grass. Like I was that mean. <laughs> It was it was just ridiculous. Whereas now I just leave the baby to be free, and I've learned so much. I'm not um, so I wouldn't say, I used the word control, and I can't think of another word. But with my eldest, it's like it should. I had so much expectation. I still have so much expectations. Yeah, and I think with my last one, I'm just kind of like, do you boo boo? Not like that, but <laughs> <I know. laughs> You're open to different things with your newborn. Exactly. Um, so yeah, it's been different, and. I think, I think now over the years I've learned that they're different characters. My, my three different kids are completely different, completely different, and I've learned to parent them individually. Well, I'm still learning. Whereas you know, sometimes as parents, we just parent them all the same because they're our children, and one shoe fits all. Yeah. And I've learned that they're different characters. Whereas my eldest, he's very like he's very emotional and touchy. Like he's very sensitive to stuff. Whereas my daughter, she's very she's got her mother's headstrong. She's very headstrong and fiery. Um, whereas my son, obviously, he's still two, but I can tell that he's got his dad's very you know quirky, you know entertaining kind of sense of humor. Yeah. So it's just I have to come at them differently. I can't come at them the same ways. I think that's so important to identify that coming from not me personally because my mom is is very open to a lot of things but I do know a lot of my friends that come from African households their parents tend to do that in terms of you have to be this you have to Mm -hmm. be you have to go to school you have to go to uni and you have to follow a a strict path but Mm -hmm. you do have some kids that are creative and they don't a lot of parents don't want to explore that and mm-hmm. you find that later on in life that it impacts that child once they've left home and they're not even with their parents anymore they haven't they don't know who they even are mm-hmm. exactly and with um your parenting style so you've mentioned that your youngest um sh- is showing traits of similar to your husband so would you yeah. say you have parenting styles and you have to just come together to agree because I know one thing about parenting is you're two different people coming together and you have to decide this is how we're going to raise this child and mm-hmm. if you have different upbringings it can be a massive clash yeah we've clashed on that I can't even lie to you we have clashed many of times on how to raise our kids I'll give you an example like there's my eldest son he's now in that preteen stage so you know mm. he, thinks, he thinks he's a man and <laughs> um <laughs> it took a while for me to just say you know what I'm going to leave my husband to deal with him. Whereas yeah. before I'd be like, oh, don't do that. You know, I don't do that to him. He's just a child. and uh, But he knows what he's doing. Mm. And, you know, sometimes, especially boys, they need the man to put them straight, basically. Yeah, they need something. They, they need to. I, I get that feeling because I, you, you don't know. Like, as a mom, you can shout and shout and shout. Yeah. But sometimes it can just come across as nagging or they're just mm-hmm. not the same way. But the moment the dad says one exactly. word, one word. <laughs> it's a different story so I've just kind of and because before when I used to always butt in I found my husband was really annoyed he'll be like oh just leave me you can't keep you know butting in in front of the children and I had a lot of people saying Johnny you could not do that and I didn't do it on purpose but it's just you know your, your child looks upset so he was like you yeah. want to save them but I realized he's going to secondary school he's going to be a man soon do you know what I mean so I have to allow the the man to raise him because as women as much as we feel like yes we can do it we I don't know what it is to be a man. It's true. I really don't know. Do you know what I mean? I'm 
as mothers, we're just we're sent to nurture them basically. We aren't there to teach them to be a man. I don't know what it is. And in terms of culturally as well, um, your husband, you've mentioned earlier on that he's quite traditional. So how has that played impact? Because we're so you're second generation here. I'm guessing your yeah. your parents came in from Nigeria and yeah. you've grown up in a certain location. So what has that how has that impacted how you parent your children? Are you um, very much I'm- wanting raise them a similar way i i do and i don't i am quite westernized um i am very strict on respect of morals and stuff but apart from that i am completely westernized whereas my husband there'll be times when the kids might do something he'll be like oh i could never do that when i was your age but obviously where he he grew up he came to england when he was about 10 so his upbringing is very firm and you know very military style yeah so i find that we kind of clash because i was like you can't these these newer generation kids can't handle that no, definitely not. They can't handle it. They're very. I find that these kids nowadays are very soft. Like well, you hurt my feelings. Let's discuss my feelings and stuff. Whereas when I was growing up, my dad was very point blank, and there was no discussing your feelings, and you just knew how to just deal with it. I know it can have an impact on certain people, but some people thrive with it. And these kids nowadays, it's completely different. Yeah, I think it's a good thing in a way that people mm-hmm. are allowed to voice their emotions. Yes, for um, boys as well like sometimes like with my son's crying and I'm like okay no it's too much now and I'm like well no, maybe it's not too much because he's still upset exactly. <laughs> so I should allow him to cry so exactly. if I'm him to cry what is he doing is he just holding that in and what is that mm-hmm. doing for him and that's something that a lot of our parents generation just didn't have the option to do and no, so no. growing up now and as as us as children you notice that with their grandkids they're so soft and maybe oh my god completely they, they, they're thinking, you know what, I really wish I had, I could have mm-hmm. had a childhood like my grandchild. Exactly. It's so true. Because my parents, the things I see my kids get with my parents, I'm like, you guys are lucky, boy. <laughs> I could have never done that. <laughs> you have an ice cream before dinner. And I'm like, what? Imagine. That could never happen when I was young. Um, I know that, um, like I said, in your first YouTube video, you touched, again, we'll touch back onto the anxiety bit. Yeah. What, how, how do you continue cope with anxiety? Because it's not something that I can say. Once you get it, I don't think it's something that you can completely get rid of. So how do you mm-hmm. cope with it? Um, I think for me, I think in the earlier stages when I realised it, um, I used to ignore it. Mm. I can't lie, I really ignored it. But I think now, when if, if I have like an outbreak, I find that I just breathe. Um, I try and listen to music. I try and focus my attention on other things. Yeah. Um, I, me personally, I'm not an expert. I'm still trying to figure out my own coping mechanisms and and trying to learn. But I find that going to somewhere by myself, it helps a lot. Yeah, definitely. It yeah, helps that. a lot. I think a lot of my anxiety comes from me because I'm an overthinker. Like, I'm really one of these people that will analyse every single detail of things. And I think that really makes it worse. But I just can't help myself. Like you will tell me something and I'll analyse the whole the whole thing you said. I do the same like, thing. <laughs> it's it's, it's really... a problem sometimes, especially for your partner or your husband. Because they sometimes they can might just say something off the wing of it and it did it wasn't that deep. Mm-hmm. And I'm there thinking, what did he mean by that? Yeah. I'm the same. <laughs> I'm exactly the same. And it's it has caused a lot of problems. But now he understands because I do it. Even my friends are like, just get ready for Joanna. They know I'm gonna analyze <laughs> everything you've done, like everything. <laughs> literally even like when people post that content I can tell this wasn't right that wasn't right but it's I think that really triggers my anxiety and I'm a, I'm a very big warrior as well like I worry about everything like I try and figure do you know what I mean so I think that triggers it as well so I find just trying to shut off sometimes even going to sleep to be honest just to give the mind a break yeah 
Um, I think that helped. Journaling has really helped me over the years as well. Um, it's, it even helped me, what's the word, speak about my feelings. I've not always been really good about saying how I feel and how I really feel. Like, you know, sometimes yeah. you just want to have a good cry. And because I've always been the strong one, you know, the one that saves everybody, it was hard for me to cry. Yeah. So I think I needed the good cry. So having a good cry really helps. Sometimes you might just, you know, sit there and start crying. But, you know, <laughs> it, it's life. We're all human. Everyone goes through stuff regardless of what situations you're going through. And, and you're studying at the moment. So how do you get the balance of being a wife, being a mother of three and studying for such a serious degree? It's the grace of God. That's what I tell people when they ask me that question because I do not know myself. I find that I'm, my husband's really good. So especially on a Sunday, I find after I've cooked my dinner and stuff, I'll sit down for like two, three hours and just get some work done. Mm. Um, I wake up really early. So I'm up from like 5 a.m. I'll do work. Sometimes I'll cook, I'll clean. Some days I even cook my dinner Dinner in the morning. Wow. Because in the morning, I'm, I find I have more energy in the morning. Yeah. So I, I'm like literally raring to go. So I try and get everything done while I have that burst of energy. Okay. Because once the kids are up, I have to attend to the kids and then I get distracted and other things have to be done. And by the time it gets to like six o'clock, I can't be bothered to do anything if I'm being <laughs> honest. So how has your faith played a part in your parenting? I know you're you, you're Christian and your husband yeah. um, Muslim, isn't it? So how yeah. how was that? First of all, how has your faith, um, your your Christian faith, played a part yeah. in you being a mother? And how do you decide how you raise your children with two different um, religions? Um, I think for me, I've always been kind of I've, I was raised in a Christian background. My parents are not strict Christians, um, but I think when I had um, my son. Um, a lot of my friends were just going to church. So I thought, oh, let me just go to church with them. And then I realised that it it played a big part in my figure out who I am and what I want to be. And even when I was pregnant with my son, if, whether or not I'm going to keep him, because I know that I had, even though a lot of people said to me, you're too young, you ain't going to be able to cope. A part of me, you know, was listening to them. And the other part was like, nah, this is my child. Do you know what I mean? God's going to bring me through this journey. And over the years, it has wavered. So I'll go to church. I won't go to church. I will go to church. But one thing that hasn't really wavered is my prayer life. And I think my husband is a very devout Muslim. And we have had a lot of people say to us, you know, how does it work? But he, in, even in Islam, you are allowed to marry a Christian woman. And yeah. Islam and Christianity are very similar. Yeah. In their beliefs. They are very similar in their beliefs. And he's done his own research to understand that, you know, it, it works. And, and we've, we've proven that two different religions can come together. Um, I think it, it, what's made it easier is that I'm not a fanatic in Navruzi. Okay. Um, so I think if he was a fanatic, you know, there's really strict Muslims that nothing can waver them. Yeah. Um, it wouldn't work. And as far as raising the kids, I take my kids to church. He takes them to the mosque. I think they go to church more than they go to the mosque. But I always said to him, when they get to a certain age, maybe 15 or 16, if they decide they want to go to church and they don't want to go to mosque, that's their decision. If And vice versa. Because at the end of the day, when everyone's called home, to, do you know what I mean? I can't, I know that I did my part. Yeah. It's up to you to decide what you want to be. Because everyone's going to lead their own path. I know people that were raised Muslims have converted to Christianity and vice versa. And everyone has to do their own search because a lot of people are Christians and a lot of people are Muslims because that's what they were raised on. They haven't done their own understanding of what they want to be. Do you get what I mean? Of why, not even what they want to be or as to why they're a Christian. Why are you a Christian? That's what I think. Definitely mm-hmm. of age. I, I was born again at 23. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I led a life of 23 years uh, basically being a Catholic. And that was because mm-hmm. I was born into it. Exactly. 
understanding of it. But at the age of 23, I think I'm pretty clued up to make a, mm-hmm. a right myself. And I'm glad I was at an age that I could weigh up the pros and the cons and what makes mm-hmm. it make sense to make that decision. Um, and as for our child, we're, we're both believers. So we've raised him that way, but we understand mm-hmm. the reason why we um, we'll do that. They're dedicated at birth, but they have to themselves be this make the, the, the verbal decision at an age of understanding. Because again, exactly. they it's everyone, and then they, everyone's going to have their own judgment. So it's so important that they that every individual makes their decision. Mm-hmm. How has it been lockdown wise? Because um, I'm guessing mm-hmm. you've had a really good routine in place prior to lockdown with some kids were going to school and nursery so now they're at home what has that what has that been like for you um I think when, we, when it first started um we had this amazing colorful um <laughs> routine <laughs> printed it out and it was all nice and rosy and naturally I thrive on routines anyway I live by a diary and everything but I think what I they're at home every single moment there's no I can't even take them out I know some people say oh but it's like summer holidays but with me summer we're always doing something yeah, because I think doing... you were posting continuously all the events you're yeah. going to and really recommending places for parents to go. So now it's now now it's a big difference. We're just literally in the house. And because I've been so anal, we haven't been anywhere. My kids haven't been they haven't even been to a supermarket. They haven't been anywhere. So I think and plus now I think the older two are arguing a lot. Mm. They're arguing a lot and it's really jarring for me and my husband. <laughs> so I think everyone's just frustrated but what can we do really my husband's doing a lot of guard look the garden work and we've even bought the kids a trampoline but we can't put it up yet because he's you know attacking the grass um <laughs> so I don't know it's I to be honest I've actually just been taking it every day as it comes mm. um I'm not allowing routine to warm my brain because I find that when you when you're stuck to the routine everyone's different but for us when we're stuck to the routine if we don't do it it can I think that even triggers my anxiety to be honest yeah um, so now I'm just letting it flow some days if I'm being honest my kids can play their tablets all day they do a bit of work they sit on the telly and I do not have any complaints because they're quiet and I can <laughs> I can concentrate what I do I literally just allow every day to come we see how we're feeling some days we might you know sit down and chill and watch a movie some days the kids on their tablets and some days we do work and I feel like learning comes from different aspects. Learning isn't always sitting down, filling out, you know, a piece of paper. Yeah. You might do some baking. You know, when my my husband was fixing my son's wardrobe, my son was helping him. So there's different aspects of learning. I think a lot of parents are putting pressure on themselves right now, especially with social media, um, where they're saying, you know, everyone's posting their, you know, their fantastic looking cakes and their okay. fantastic ideas. And a lot of parents, you know, some parents don't have the means to do that. Do you know what I mean? So I feel like parents shouldn't, you know, maybe not look at um, Instagram every day. Maybe not, you know, everyone's just posting up their, what's the words? Everyone's posting their highlight reels. Mm. Not everyone's going to post their negative. And some people do post their negative, but I feel like, you know, they sprinkle a good bit of goodness on it just so it doesn't look too bad. Yeah. So no, I would advise everyone not to put too much pressure on their stuff and just take it every day as it comes because even the kids are, you know, going through their own emotions. They're probably missing their friends, their own routines. Some kids probably just don't like being at home so much. They're not used to being at home so much. Yeah, especially boys. Like my son, he's four and he lo- he loves nursery. He's around kids his own age yeah. and he and his dad are both working. So there's that mum guilt because sometimes if if anyone was to look at the screen screen time on his on his iPad, I'd probably go to prison. <laughs> so much 
<laughs> but and I feel so guilty. But you know, we're working, working from home, and it's so hard getting the balance, especially when you're the only child as well. You haven't got someone. I know your kids are arguing, but at least that's occupying time. <laughs> <laughs> When they're on their own, it's so hard and you're trying to do all these things. And I definitely, I don't know if you've got any thoughts on this, but I know that a lot of um, teachers and staff are, not a lot of teachers, sorry, a few, a few of the MPs are pushing that kids should go back because they don't know what the impact of the lockdown will have on their mental health in the future. Have you got any thoughts on that in terms of... Um, for me personally, my kid's not going back. I've already made it very clear to the school. Um, myself and my elders have asthma. Mm. Right now, I don't feel like even the even the government know what they're doing. To be honest, yeah. um, but you cannot police children. Kids will be kids. They want to talk to their friends. They want to touch their friends. Like us, for instance, when I go to the supermarket, I know that if someone comes near me, I'm already ducking and diving. Do you know what I mean? Whereas a child doesn't have that instinct. They're naturally going to go and touch stuff, and they might just touch their face without realizing. Yeah. Definitely. You can't expect them to go to school and sit two meters apart. That's I think that's more torture than being at home. It's true, definitely. I think it's going too close to someone. They'll get in trouble for sitting there. They can't even play with their friends at school because of the two meter distance. So, what's the point of them going there? It's such a hard decision to make, especially if you haven't got. If you're, if some people are going back to work on the first of June, so they can't mm-hmm. even stay at home. So their kids have to go, and it's, there's no confidence. You don't know. You just really don't know what to do, and it's such a hard time to be in. No one really knows what's right and what's wrong, and yeah. I think just want to try and keep your kids safe but sometimes you're forced to do things and I don't know it would just be nice to get a bit of clarity (laughs) from the government in regards to what's going to happen and what's going on my kids Santa actually called us um last week and they basically were really putting the ball on our court to make Mm -hmm. it and it's you're putting more pressure on us Mm -hmm. (laughs) again I know I should do the same and I had to explain to them that I'm asthmatic my eldest is asthmatic I can't take any risks mm-hmm. I really am not willing I know everyone has to go back to work and stuff but it's up to everyone to deal with what whatever choice they make obviously but for me I can't I really am so paranoid like like I said earlier my kids haven't even been to the supermarket I don't allow them to go anywhere but the front like in front of my house mm. is, that, is that also because you said you worry a lot <laughs> Yeah, I can't because I, you just don't know. Like, like I said, kids, you can't expect kids to do two meter distance. My son like, is, we tell him, don't do this. He's going to want to do it. <laughs> exactly. And they're kids and they're very curious and they're not realizing if they're talking to their friend, like for us, we all know that, okay, let's step back. We're too close. Kids <laughs> don't realize those things. They're just, they're into their conversations. They're into what they're doing. And it puts a lot of pressure on teachers as well because if they're policing so many kids, it's not nice. And I think that has more effect on the um, mental health than actually being at home. Yeah, it's true. Mm. So it's, it's a hard one. It is a hard one. Everyone, like, like you said, everyone has to, people have to go back to work and stuff. But I don't know. It's really, really tricky. It's really and um, tricky. for anyone that is a mum and is looking to study, what, and or they that they want to study but they just haven't got the confidence to take that leap what bits of advice would you give them I think I always say to people just do it like even when people apply for jobs I always say to my friends why why can't you apply for the 100k job what's stopping you if they say no they say no isn't it mm. what's the worst that can happen it's no but if, what if they say yes do you know what I mean you just just apply for it just go and apply for uni it's not easy because I did my first degree with two kids my kids were much younger so I started my first degree in 2015 um 
and it wasn't easy it really wasn't easy even with the help that I had it was so hard I would have to drop them to school then do the commute to um to East London at the time I was living in northwest London um and it wasn't easy but I it, you can do it mm. do you know what I mean you can do it it's nothing worth having is easy and if you really want to do it then just go and do it yeah that's really just good try and just it's nothing I can't even tell you what to do because I always say to people you, you just have to take every day as it comes you always have to just take every day as it comes just do it because you might get there and it might even be easy sometimes we overthink things before we actually do it mm. and and I'm one of those people I'm guilty of overthinking things before doing it but sometimes we just have to take the leap of faith and just do it and figure it out as we go along because we always second guess it that's how the fees are going to get higher because they're already high as it is the fees are going to get higher um then you're going to put yourself off two, three years down the line. You know, you could have just done it. In those two, three years that you've put up, put it off, you would have had your degree. It's so true. Even having kids, one minute they're born, next thing they're starting reception. You're like, where has that four years gone? And you would have been upset with yourself because you would have thought, oh, I could have done this and I could have done that. Sometimes we just have to just, just get on with it and just do it. Yeah, that's definitely. Well, thank you so much, Joanna, for sharing bits of your motherhood journey and just your family, your story. Um, for anyone that's listening and you've got a few Instagram, YouTube, can you share your handles to how people can connect with you and your husband's um, channel? Yeah, so my YouTube channel is Meet the Awayemis. Awayemis is spelt A-W-O-Y-E-M-I-S. So Meet the Awayemis. Uh, my Instagram page is Mama Joe to you. So that's M-A-M-A-J-O-T-O-Y-O-U um, on Instagram. And yeah, my husband's one actually is Mr. Habs one. I think it's Mr. underscore Habs one. So yeah, please follow, like, subscribe, tell your friends. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much, Joanna. Thank you for having me. Hope, hopefully I didn't ramble on too much. I know I'm a bit of a rambler. <laughs> no, no, you've been delightful. 